Hi, thank you for listening to this message brought to you by First Baptist Church. Here at FBC, it's our mission to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ, and we hope that this message helps you continue to grow in your faith. This audio is property of First Baptist Church, but feel free to give away copies of this message in the hopes that others will be impacted by what they hear. For more information about FBC, or if you want to stay connected with us, visit our website at fbclloyd.ca or look us up on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks, and enjoy the latest from FBC. Good morning, everyone. Good to see you here this morning. We are in our last week of our Help I Need Somebody series, where we've been looking at some of the one another's throughout Scripture. And our objective, as I've mentioned before in weeks past, but in case you're just catching up to us, our objective this through the series, actually right through the ministry season, uh, is going to be increasing or, or building our eternal perspective, what we call the long view, where we start to look at, concentrate on seeing and get better at doing then the will of God, understanding his perspective, his priorities, his plan and his mission, and then joining him in it. We started off at the very beginning looking at the foundational aspect of loving one another and the fact that that has to be sort of the foundation for everything that we're going to do because without love, it means nothing. It's useless. It's worthless. And so we've been fleshing that more over the, out more over the last few weeks as we've look, looked at some of the other one another's, not all of them. There's a considerable number of them. But we've picked out some of them, and we've been looking at those. And this morning, we're going to wrap up the series by looking at the one another of serving, serving one another and carrying one another's burdens. So that's where we are this morning. So before we begin, though, let's just take a moment and ask God to come alongside us and help us to hear from him as he speaks into our life on this topic this morning. So would you pray with me? Father, today again, Lord, we just we stop and we say thank you um, for the blessing of being here. Thank you for the way that you've been with us, the way that you continue to go with us, the way that you are working in our lives and the way that you build into our lives. And Lord, thank you for your word where we get uh, just an insight, uh, a direction from you as to know how to come alongside you, how to join you in what you're about and what you're doing. And so this morning, as we look at your word and as we consider this area of serving one another, Lord, I just pray that you would again come in along and, and superintend us, that you would open our hearts and our minds to what you want to say to us today so that we would actually hear from you. And Lord, I pray that because I know that when we hear from you, when we actually encounter you, we have no choice but to change because of who you are. So this morning, by your Spirit, be with us. Come and work in our hearts. Change us into your people. And so I pray this now in Christ's name and for his sake. Amen. All right. Now, I want to start this morning with a quote from a guy by the name of John Wyatt. John Wyatt was a contemporary of John Stott's, and he was instrumental in Right to Life, the Right to Life movement. He was was uh, an advocate for the unborn and and so on. Uh, And so he's thought a lot about life, this guy. And he makes this contention. 
He says that God's design for our life is that we should be dependent. Let me read that for you again. God's design for our life is that we should be dependent. Now, at once, I think that we're going to find that to be both obvious and, at the same time, offensive, or at least provocative to you and I today. As we consider that point, on one hand, we look at it, and without much thought, we can recognize it as obvious. It's true. We're dependent beings. We don't have to look far to understand that. And at the same time, then we look at that and we say, well then, this quote from Wyatt isn't very revolutionary. If it's that obvious, well then it's just simple. But, unfortunately, for most of us at least, I don't think we just leave it right there. That's not where it ends. For a lot of us, I think we hear that quote that we are created to be dependent and we begin to argue. There's an element within us that wants to debate that. Oh, no, I am not dependent. And we have this little bit of a tension that surfaces as we hear that. As humans, we want to be independent, don't we? In fact, not only do we desire it, but we strive to be independent in our lives. And in some respects, that is fine. But unfortunately, in a lot of respects, it's not. And therein lies the problem, where we allow this desire of ours for independence to begin to overshadow what God has designed for us and what he intends for us and what he has called us then to be. So the assertion that we are created to be dependent comes this morning, I believe, as an affront to you and I on some levels because it is contradictory to our short view of life. The short view of life that says that I'm here to focus on me. And in that sense then, I'd say Wyatt's quote is very revolutionary. It's very revolutionary because it is calling for us to change the way that we live. This morning I would contend that we need to come to grips with the truth of it that we should quit trying to argue it this morning, that we should hear from God about what he has to say and then just come in line, bring ourselves in line. Easier said than done. I appreciate. But the fact is this, God has indeed created us to be dependent. That is his design for you and I today, is to be dependent beings. And once we begin to process that, 
as we begin to process that, it helps the long view, God's perspective, come into focus in my life. I start to understand what he's calling me to so much more clearly. So this morning, really quickly, let's take a look at the fact that we are created to be dependent beings. First of all, let's consider that we are above everyone, above everything, dependent on God. So if you turn with me in your Bibles, John 15, verse 5. John chapter 15, verse 5. says this. This is Jesus speaking. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So Jesus isn't obscure about this. He's not abstract or ambiguous. He comes out and he tells us, Hey guys, long story short, without me, you can do nothing. And yet, how much, how often in my life am I busy out trying to do my own thing? Trying to make it happen on my own. Trying to accomplish my life independently and in and of myself. When God comes along and he says, listen, the fact is, is apart from me, you can do nothing. And it's only as you come alongside me, as you plug into me, that you will bear fruit, that you will do anything of any consequence, amount to things that are of significance, in the long view, with an eternal perspective. Now, the fact that God calls us to abide in him because without him we can do nothing is predicated on something even far deeper than that. It's predicated on the fact that our being comes from God. It's not just about the fact that we arrived here and now we're called to actually connect with God and go. That we've come from some background or some other avenue, but rather that we exist, we find our being in God himself. Acts 17 verses 24 to 25 say this, the God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands. And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. This morning, as we listen to those verses, we need to understand that God is not a dependent being. That he doesn't need us. But what's more, our dependence on him goes to our very life itself. Our life and breath. So as we sing songs that say, you know, that we're dependent on God's breath in our lungs. And things like that. That's not, that's not just pretty poetry. That's not just sort of a, a nice sentiment. That's, that's the facts. That we're dependent on God down to our very next breath. And as he determines, then we have it or don't. So we're dependent on him 
to the very, very, very foundation of our life. And as we begin to understand that and as we begin to appreciate that, then some things, the long view is starting to come into focus for us today. As we question that, as we debate it, then that's actually derailing us from understanding God's perspective, understanding our purpose, understanding the long view. It takes us out of touch with God and his plan for us. But what's more this morning, we need to recognize that we're not just created to be dependent on God, but we're also created to be dependent on one another. And here again, we can go back to the very beginning. We go back all the way to Genesis. Chapter 2, verse 18. There it says, The Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. I sometimes use this when I'm doing a wedding ceremony. And it's very interesting because throughout creation we've seen God coming along and as he's creating, he says everything is good. He creates and he looks at it and he says, that's good. And he creates and he looks at it and he says, that's good. But he comes to Adam and he creates and then he looks at Adam and he goes, wait a second. Adam is good, but it is not good that he should be alone. And so then God creates Eve as a helpmate to him. Now in that, we, we can find out a few things. There's a bunch of different things. Number one, this isn't to say that Eve's subordinate. Actually, here we find in that now this is Eve as an equal to Adam coming alongside. So God has created as complementary. So don't go away this morning thinking that Doug's saying that the girls are here to serve the guys. I'm not saying that at all. Trust me, my wife is made that very clear to me. <laughs> Here though, what I am saying is that from the very outset, God has created us so that we are to serve one another. That we are created in complementary fashion. Equal, yes, both. But meant to come together. And serve one another. Created not sufficiently independently on our own. But created to be dependent and to serve each other. What's more then? As followers of Christ, we go on and we see that this dependence carries on into our function as Christ's body. We see that in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 18 to 20. There it says, If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts of the body, the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. Now I think sometimes we look at that and we read that and we want to argue the fact that, well, I'm not just one part. I'm all the parts. I'm not saying that I'm one part. I'm not saying that everybody should be like me. I'm just saying that I've got all the parts myself. Thank you very much. And again, 
It's a futile argument about, uh, against a sovereign God who has said, no, actually, you're not all that and a bag of chips, Doug. You are one part, and I've created you to fit in with the rest of the body and the different parts that I've called for them to play. For me, for him. So as we come together then, as we participate in that, then we become one. All of us working together as one. Not independently one ourselves. Now, you're going to be unpacking that a little bit more in your small groups this week. Small groups are going to take a little bit of a different turn or a little bit different take than what I'm going this morning. So if you're not in a small group, I want to encourage you. Get involved in a small group. Because you're going to have the ability then to discuss this and you're going to be able to unpack this a little bit more. You're going to be able to flesh this out and actually help it to become practical in your life as you understand more and more what that means. I've said it before also, I think it's really important to be getting involved in a small group based on, I think, where we're going as a society. This is something that you want to get into the habit of now because one of these days it might be our only option. And what's more, then this is where you'll actually really get a chance to grow. This is where the long view really comes into focus, is where we come alongside with one another, where we can discuss and where we can serve one another, where we can bear one another's burdens, and we can grow in that place. So this morning, again, small groups isn't just some sort of a, an idea. It's not just another way that we can occupy your calendar. It's what we believe is fundam fundamentally important for you and your growth in the faith. One more thing. We need some leaders. Avery mentioned that earlier. We need some leaders. And honestly, I don't think we need leaders because I think we've got leaders. The question is, is we need people who are willing to be leaders. And by leaders, Bruce says we should be really more saying facilitators because this is going to be so straightforward. As we do this, it's not onerous at all. But the question this morning is, just while I'm here and while I'm on a bit of a tangent, are you ready, are you willing to serve as a leader? Are you willing to take the short view in your life and put it aside and adopt the long view so that you can serve others? We're created to be dependent. And as we understand that call on our lives, that call for us to be dependent, now the, the call for us to serve comes into focus. Because we recognize that we need one another. That as much as I want to believe I can do it on my own, that I have to come to grips and I have to admit I cannot. So we learn here, our dependence then precipitates then our call to service by God. 
so that we would serve one another and also reciprocally that you and I would also become comfortable with the idea of being served by one another. There's something about being served by someone else that helps us understand our dependence, that helps us understand our reality and helps us to grow in God. So here, let's carry on and look at that now. Ephesians 4, verses 11 to 16. There it says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers. So he gave that group of people, if you will, to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Okay, so that first group of people, those different categories, were all given so that you and I, so that the Christ's people can be built up by doing acts of service for one another. Until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Ho, 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 ho. And what's more, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful schemings. And I dare say, there's a few of them out there. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. What's on the line here, church family and friends, is us becoming the full likeness of Christ. The complete representation of him as a body. I would, I would tend to say that that's a fairly significant thing. Something that you and I as followers of Jesus Christ should recognize the significance thereof. And therefore, in light of the significance of that, then as we then dismiss Christ's call on our lives to serve, we understand then what we jeopardize. Not just for everyone else around us, but for ourselves as well. This is God's design. And we see that in God's design, there come rewards. But there also come consequences as we ignore them. As we choose not to follow them. So we can go home today... And we can say, wow, that was an amazing service. And we can just go on with life and do our own thing. But I'm here to tell you that it comes at a consequence for you and for me, for our kids, for our grandkids, for the world around us. And it's a consequence to, one, to which one day we will be held to account. 
Now, as we begin to understand that, then this revolutionizes our understanding of verses like this from Paul in Galatians 5, verse 13. There, Paul says this, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but not to use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. So Paul says, we are called by God to be free. We are called to be free. But this morning we need to understand that that is not free from responsibility. Rather, it is free to become like Christ. That, that is what we're called to be free to do now. That we are no longer constrained by sin, by other things that would keep us from being able to accomplish that, which is the ultimate objective. That's the long view in focus right there, is to become like Christ. And in that, then, is our biggest reward. Because that's what God is intending for you and I. That's his purpose in you and I, is for us to become like him. And there we will be most fulfilled. There we will be most satisfied. There we will find joy. So as we begin to understand that, that serving and bearing each other's burdens is what we're called to do, let me just remind you then that to serve and carry one another's burdens is divine. It's not just forgiveness that is divine. We throw that around haphazardly today. To, to forgive is divine. Let me tell you that this morning, it's not just forgiving. It's serving that is also divine. We see that throughout Scripture. Let me just give you an example in Psalm 55, verse 22a. There it says, cast your cares on the Lord, and he will sustain you. What is sustaining someone? That is coming along and bearing their burdens. That's serving them so that they can be sustained. So God himself is calling us to cast our burdens on him. So that he can care for us. Because that is who he is. God serves us. He carries our burdens because we can't. We're created to be dependent. So as then we hear his call for us to serve and for us to carry one another's burdens, then we are becoming the likeness of him in our world to those around us, to our family, to our friends, to our neighbors, to our community. And in that, we are reflecting the divine. That's crazy. But don't miss it today. Not only do we become like him then, but as we serve one another and as we carry his, one another's burdens, we also fulfill his mandate to us. Galatians 6, 2 and 3, just a couple of pages later, 
Paul says this, carry each other's burdens and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ, which is to say that we will love God and that we will love our neighbors as ourselves. That's how we fulfill the law of Christ. That's how we fulfill what God is calling us to as we serve one another, as we carry each other's burdens. Now this morning, we're fortunate to have a really pragmatic example, a really practical, tangible way of being able to understand how we can help carry each other's burdens. And I'm going to ask Kim if he'd come and share that with us. Well, good morning, FBC family. And uh, as Doug's been speaking, I can't help but think of a uh, message that uh, our uh, board chair, Pastor Dave, delivered a number of years ago. And uh, he gave a really interesting take on the uh, parable of the talents. Hopefully you remember that, Dave, because I see you out there today. And uh, what he talked about in that message was uh, looking for opportunities that we could encourage one another to use our talents for building up one another and, uh, and building up the, the kingdom of God. And I just can't help but think that there's some parallels between what Dave was speaking about and what Doug is saying today. And Dave, I think you need to dust off that sermon, maybe start preparing for a sequel to that one. Um, just want to say thanks to Doug this morning just for an opportunity to um, just share a little bit about um, uh, what's going on within one of our FBC families as uh, just a very practical example of what um, uh, people are doing and can be doing here uh, at FBC. Um, and it's just carrying out this, this practical application of Doug's message that we are created to be dependent beings. Uh, Jeff and Lindsay Giesbrecht, uh, a couple uh, and their family, uh, I guess a family that many of us know here because they're one of our own. Uh, they're serving some of Africa's most vulnerable uh, children and their caregivers, uh, largely from the, the area in South Africa, but uh, moving out into areas such as Katabataba, which is a pretty uh, dear community to many in this uh, congregation. Um, their platform is Hands at Work, and they're a ministry based in South Africa. And Hands at Work, they exist primarily just to demonstrate the love of Christ. And the way that they do that is they partner with local churches that are already loving uh, children in, uh, in very needy communities. And in the process of being able to um, provide very tangible needs and meet their physical needs, uh, they also open doors that they can meet spiritual needs as well. This morning we've got an opportunity to hear from Jeff, and he's going to just share a little bit about why the Hands of Work ministry is really applicable to Doug's message today. So if you want to queue up that video. Hello, Lloyd Minster. Hello, FBC. Uh, it's so cool to have an opportunity to share with you, um, to tell you a little bit about what's going on in Africa, what's going on in the DRC. And so I just want to take a minute to, yeah, to introduce you to a community that has changed my life forever, the community of Katabataba. Uh, this is such a special place to me, and yeah, and I'm, I'm excited to just give you a little taste of what's going on here. Um, in Katabataba, there's about 40,000 people, and it's just outside uh, of a larger city. And there's a group of care workers. We call them care workers, but it's a group of people from their own churches that have decided to make it personal, that have decided to carry the burden of little people and, and to love them every day. And so this is something that they did before we came. Lots of them were caring for these kids or caring for a kid before we came. But when Hans comes alongside, it gives the local, the local church, the local people, care workers, the ability to love kids, the ability to love more kids, the ability to send kids to school and send kids to 
to a clinic. And so this is a cool opportunity um, to walk alongside them. These care workers know each of these kids by name. They go to their home, they visit them, they share Jesus to them. They understand what's going on in their home. They understand if the situation in the home has changed, if, if an uncle has moved back home, or if someone's moved away from home, if they're all alone. And so this is a really cool opportunity to get to walk hand in hand with them. The church outside of Africa, walking with the church inside of Africa, walking with these care workers to love all of these little people. Um, yeah, so I'd like to make that challenge. It's, a, it's something that weighs heavy on me, obviously, and to, yeah, to carry these burdens. Sometimes carrying burdens can look like, like deciding to support this community monthly. Sometimes carrying burdens can ma be making a decision that you're going to get on your knees every day and pray for these little people and yeah and pray pray life into them um, many of these people don't have grandmas and grandpas and moms and dads praying for them at home many of these people are alone and outside of a few people that have learned their names they don't have someone calling their name out and so i'd like to challenge us to walk with them to be a part of their life to hold them up um, to support them and to care for them thank you so much fbc so nice to get to talk to you. It's good to see Jeff again, isn't it? I hope you caught three key messages from what Jeff had to say. Uh, the first is um, local churches in Katabataba looking for little people to just love on. Um, they didn't wait for an invitation. They just went out and did what they were called to do. They didn't need any prompting. They just did what came naturally to them. The second is hands at work um, helping local people churches love even more children. And if you know Jeff well, you know that if you stand next to him, just what everybody's a little people. And so that's a whole lot of love that Jeff is dishing out out there in Africa. Um, and the last one is the church outside of Africa, walking with the church inside of Africa. And that's where we come into play. Jeff challenged us us, the, the church outside of Africa, with a couple of opportunities to get involved, just to, to love these little people that uh, Jeff is in the midst of doing every day. Um, he talked about opportunities to support a community like Katabataba on a monthly basis. He talked about opportunities to pray for a child, or maybe pray for several children by name, something that would be really unique to some of them. And although Jeff didn't specifically mention it in his video, uh, there's opportunities as well just to serve in short-term missions. Now after the service, and maybe when you came in this morning, you probably saw a table out there, and there's some pretty energetic, some excited people out there just eager to share some of their personal experiences and the sort of difference that you can make uh, right from here in Lloydminster uh, into the lives of some of these little people in Katabataba. It's an opportunity that... Um, some of us have had a, a personal experience to do, whether it be in Katabataba or other communities like it. And I just encourage you that after the service, if you would uh, take a few moments just to come by the table, give us an opportunity just to share with you the sort of difference that you can make in the lives of some little people like the ones that Jeff is sharing with today. God's call on our lives doesn't stop at the end of our family, at the end of our house. It doesn't stop at the end of our street doesn't stop the end of our community. It's a global call. 
on our whole lives and on our whole world. And what an opportunity that we have to do that. This morning I want to just share two more things quickly before we wrap up. First thing I want to talk about is a barrier to us serving. What stands in our way so often of us living up to our responsibilities in this area. And that's just simply put our pride. Philippians 2 verse 3 says this, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. A key to our being successful in this mission that God's given us to care for one another, carry each other's burdens, serve one another, is being humble. Because when we're not humble, then the long view fades, gets out of focus. The short view comes into focus. As we pursue independence rather than dependence, then we drift further away from serving others as we start to serve ourselves. And this plays out in two basic ways here, Paul points out. It plays out, first of all, in the arena of selfish ambition, where we look at life and we live according to our own benefit. What we determine is going to be most self-serving, most beneficial to me. And or where we won't pursue anything else that might not pay dividends for me, that won't return, have a return for me personally. Or it plays out in the arena of vain conceit, where we begin to think that we're above serving someone, where we consider ourselves over them, where those needs, where those things are beneath me, and therefore they're, they're for someone else to address. Our pride distracts us from God's call in our lives. Our pride tells us that we're not dependent and nor do we have to serve. Our, uh, our, our pride keeps us from having an eye out for anyone else other than ourselves and from looking around and finding ways, finding ways that we can be of service to one another and carry each other's burdens. You remember taking driving class instruction and the driving instructor always used to say, look where you want to go. Don't look where you don't want to go because you'll end up going there. So look where you want to go. It's the same way with serving. We've got to look to serve. And then we will. Now this is all really good academically. Again, we can sit here today and we can go, yep, you're right, this is awesome. Beautiful thing. But it's got to go beyond academics and it has to become practical. One of the ways that it can become practical is maybe walking out and talking to the folks at the table, signing up there. 
But there's other ways as well. So when I talk about serving, I'm talking about stuff like this. I'm talking about actually giving up some of your vacation time in order to help someone. Help carry their burdens. Look after them. Serve them in some way. I'm talking about lending someone your vehicle, maybe. Someone that doesn't have wheels. Someone that needs a ride, a trip, whatever. When we talk about serving, caring for one another, maybe it's cutting your fashion budget in half so that you've got some capacity to step in and care for someone, someone else. Maybe it's reducing your hobby time so that you've got some extra time in your calendar that you can devote to serving someone in need. How about this? How about this? How about that we would all go home and take on a more modest lifestyle? Which is to say that we would purposely set out to live below our means. That we would go less than at our capacity. So that we would have the potential, the capacity to serve someone else. That we wouldn't get caught flat-footed. That we would be able to then step up as we see things happen around us. As we see needs. As we see people carrying burdens. So that we could afford to do that. Now this morning, as we start to talk about getting practical, maybe you're saying, well, dude, no, that's just, now, that's crazy. That's getting radical. That's too radical. Don't want to be radical, Doug. You know, radical comes from the word radix, which is Latin, a Latin word for root. And therefore, when we talk about being radical, what we're saying is it's what comes, it's commitment that comes from the root. Someone's radical when they're so committed it, it goes to their roots. And I got to say that I don't think that we are radical enough. At least as I look at myself, I don't think that I'm radical enough. When it comes to following Jesus, when it comes to keeping the long view in perspective, when it comes to my obedience to him and his call on my life. Fact is, we have a very radical God serving Carrying burdens goes to his very roots. Mark 10, 45 says this, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many.
this morning. As we come to the communion table, can I encourage you, stop and think about Jesus and his level of service to us today. Think about what we're communicating to him as we dismiss his call on our lives to serve and carry each other's burdens. What, what is it that we say to him as we choose to ignore that? And I would encourage us all this morning to ask God as we reflect on that to help us see and take the long view of service this week and going forward. I'm going to ask the servers if they would come forward. As they come, for some of you that are maybe new this is your, or you're worried, this is where it all gets weird. They're going to open up those little ceremonial things up their trays and what's going to happen next. I can appreciate that. But let me just explain it really quickly. In here are some little containers with a little wafer and a little cup of juice. And they're representative of Jesus and what he's done for us. The, the wafer represents his body, which we know was broken for us. He gave himself on the cross and died in our place to pay the penalty of our sins. His blood was actually shed. His life was poured out so that he could take our place, so that he would take the punishment that we deserved and that we could have forgiveness of sins through him before God. So that's all we're doing. That's all that this is about. It's just about remembering what he's done for us. This morning, you don't have to be a part of FBC to take part in it. You can be visiting and that would be just fine. All you need to do in order to take part is first of all, have come to the place in your life where you're trusting in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, where you recognize who he is, that you believe that he was God, that he came in order to pay this penalty of sin so that our relationship with God could be restored on account of our sin, having broken it. By his death and resurrection, that he overcame sin and death and therefore offers to each one of us the ability to have a restored relationship with God the Father. Secondly, you need to just to be in a place where we are unified, that where we are being built up in unity in the body, that we become the, the full representation of God, and God takes that seriously, that unity. So if there's something that you know that is broken with someone else, and you haven't done everything that you can to restore it, then I would encourage you, don't take communion until you've done everything that you can to restore that relationship. Servers are going to pass this out. I would just ask you to hang on to the cups and the wafers. You can start to open them because it's a little bit of a challenge these things are. But if you just wait until everybody's been served, and then I'll pray, and then we'll partake together. Father, this morning again, as we reflect back on Jesus and his service to us. His commitment to his very roots to come and carry our burden of sin. To overcome that by his death and resurrection, Lord, we stop and we say thank you so much. Thank you for his body broken for us in our place. Thank you for his blood shed so that ours 
didn't have to be, in order to have restored relationship with you, in order to have the ability of eternity together with you. As ours again. Father, I pray this morning that as we think about that, that it would land anew in our hearts and in our minds. And that we would change. That as we recognize our dependence on you for that forgiveness, our dependence on Christ's sacrifice in our place, that we would then now understand all the more our call by you, from you, to, be, to, to serve one another, to carry each other's burdens. So Lord, thank you for the opportunity to re- reflect and look back. But thank you also for the ability to move forward and I pray that you would help us to do that. For I ask these things now in Christ's name and for his sake alone. Amen. The wafer represents his body broken for us. The juice represents his blood. This do in remembrance of him. Thanks everyone for coming out and being here this morning. Thanks for joining us online. Looking forward to next week, we're going to start off a new series called, What Are You Looking At? So don't miss that. Look forward to seeing you then. Bye for now.